Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. all the way from South Africa. (laughs) So, no, but this is an awesome friend of ours. We as a church summit, we have a big heart for Africa. A lot of you guys have been on our Africa missions trip, right? Raise your hand. Yeah, Jackson has, Patty, yeah, Brandon Yar. Yeah, and so uh, there's a family out there that we've really connected with, multiple families, multiple churches. And anyway, uh, Timothy, he is one of the young adults, kind of college pastors out there that we've really connected with for years and years and years. And he came out. Now we've gone over there and uh, been with his family. He finally got a chance to come out and bless our family out here. And so we're really excited for the word he has for us tonight. I'm excited uh, because I basically just said, said, hey, just preach on whatever the Lord tells you. Like I didn't want, I wanted an unbiased, just whatever God says to you that our family needs or or what, just a pure word from the Lord. You know, sometimes you can try to say to speakers, you know, we really need this right now. Can you please talk about that? You know, and I just was like, you know, whatever you feel like God say, like that's what I want. So I'm excited to find out what God has for us as a family, that he would bring in someone from another nation to speak into our lives, you know? So can we all welcome up, get a warm family crux welcome right here to Timothy as he comes on us with us. Yeah! Come on, man. And what's so cool... So Crux here, we're the young adult ministry here at Summit Church, and we have uh, basically our, our motto for Summit is leading people to new heights. So here at Crux, it is leading people to new heights through mobilizing young revivalists. And what's crazy is he saw this uh, on, uh, like earlier, right before worship, he saw it on our banner, and he's like, Taylor, you got to see this. And he showed us his website for his church and his young adult ministry, and one of the big lines, it says, our dream is to lead people to new heights through mobilizing young revivalists. It said the exact same phrase right on his, right there. And I was like, okay, we have the same DNA, the same heart for the same, you know, vision uh, for young adults here in San Marcos and in South Africa. So, so excited. This is someone who's from our same tribe, same family, right? All the way around the world. So, so excited. All right. So let's just stretch out a hand and we're going to pray for Timothy tonight. Lord, I thank you so much uh, for Timothy, God. I thank you for the word. Word that he has for our family tonight. We say our hearts are open and ready and excited to receive from it tonight. God, I ask that you'd speak uh, to him and speak through him clearly tonight, God, and that it would minister to our hearts. We say we're ready. Our hearts are open. We invite you to teach us, God, encourage us, correct us, God, even, even if it's hard, correct us, Lord. Speak into our lives tonight through this man's message. We love you, Lord. And all God's people said, amen. Give it up for Timothy, guys. So it is, it's really lekker om samen met julle allemaal hier so te wees vanavond. Check out, some of you are so confused. I was not speaking in tongues for those of you who got worried. That was a little bit of Afrikaans. Some of you were about to reply to me in tongues, but bye, donkey. That's great. That's great. So hopefully by the end of the evening, you'll pick up some Afrikaans. Luckily, I am English, so I won't fall default into Afrikaans this evening. But won't you look at your neighbor quickly and say, thank you for coming to Crux with me tonight. Now look at the person on your other side and say, man, God made 
God did a good job making you. Some of you. <laughs> some of you. I, I didn't say take some time, Pastor Taylor, but won't you, don't you guys think you've got a great pastor over here? So I think let's just give him a hand quickly, Pastor Taylor. It's, um, it's really a, it's a big honor and a privilege for me to be here with you guys, and I'm very excited. And um, yeah, so I just want to give a brief overview of who I am. I, he's already mentioned it, but I'm our young adults pastor back at home in our church. Um, I work for my, pa- my pastors, my parents. They are the senior pastors, and so I serve them in our church, and it's a real, it's a real honor to be in the ministry. And uh, I got home from work the one day, and they looked at me, and they said, we're sending you to America. I was like, come again? And uh, they sent me, so I was in Denton, Texas for the last two weeks, and I'll be here for two weeks, and then I travel on in the States. And then my last trip is I visit my brother in New Jersey City, so that's going to be cold. But I'm very excited. And um, yeah, so just a little bit about myself. I, I, was, um, I was born. Uh, some of you look very confused. We don't have to explain that this evening. But all right, and I come from my parents. I come from God. And uh, I, I really just love the Lord. And I, I love being able to share God's word. And I've, I've known God has called me to the ministry from a little three-year-old. That's, that's an early age to know that. And um, so in, my life was actually really a mess. And I was really headed to hell. And at the age of three, my father led me to the Lord. <laughs> Some of you guys are very slow. But <laughs> I, I hope I get through with some of you by the end of the year. Some of you still have not caught it yet. All right, you can ask one of your friends a little bit later. But um, yeah, I've, I've been doing our young adults back at home for about nearly two years now. And I, I love this age group because I, like we've said already, I really believe God is calling us as young people to take a step and to actually rise up because God is calling us to make a difference in this world. We need to see change all across this world. And uh, I want to be one of those people that God can say, I want to use him because he's available and he's ready. You guys agree? And um, I think that's, that's something that I enjoy. My, my young adults group back at home is also more or less the same size as this. We don't, I don't make them sit so close to one another. So it's, I normally can turn around like this because our venue is like a little square block. And I can normally just turn and look at everybody. And, uh, but this is nice because it's like just so many eyes staring at me. And, um, but I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited to share because I believe God has got something for you this evening that's going to hopefully challenge the way you think and challenge the way that you do life. Awesome. Is that good? All right. So it's really such a blessing to be here. And yeah. <laughs> Isn't it good to be able to go to church? Yes. Why does this thing keep going lower? It's like... Sorry, this is, yeah, I keep touching it and it keeps dropping. But yeah, so one of the things I like to get my young adults to do is make a joyful noise. Who of you guys like to make a joyful noise? So before, <laughs> you guys are great. So in Psalms 98 and verse 4, as I start, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth, and make a loud noise. And rejoice and sing praises. So I have not heard a bunch of Americans, young Americans, make like a joyful noise. So I want to, on the count of three, see how loud you guys can get. Can you guys do that? All right. One, two, three. Now I see why you get them to sit so close, because it sounds louder when they sit closer to one another. But um, (laughs) 
let us, let us just open in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for the word. And Father, I pray that you would just speak to me this evening. And I pray that you would open up our hearts, Father, that we'll be able to hear exactly what you want us to hear this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I start, I want to ask you a question. Who and what do you represent? Who and what do you represent? So obviously you've seen what the title of this evening's message is, Run and Represent. For those of you who think we're going to start running and are starting to get worried, we're not going to go for a run right now. But um, if we look at what the word represent means, does everybody know what the word represent means? All right, represent. All right, to serve, yes, some examples. To serve as an example, to describe as having a specified character quality, to perform a task or duty admirably, and to serve as an outstanding example. Who of you want to serve as an outstanding example? Who wants to be known as someone who left a mark? Someone who was, you know, you see them and you're like, well, I want to be like that person. There's something about them because they're outstanding. All right? Outstanding. So a couple of examples. If I go and stand on the freeway, we call it highways, and I just stand in the middle of the highway and there's a big truck coming, what do you think is going to happen to me? I'm going to be dead. All right? Well, maybe not in America, because they seem to really stop for pedestrians. So let's just use the example as if I was in South Africa, because there they won't just necessarily stop. And um, what would happen now, though, if I went and stood on this freeway with a officer's uniform on me? <laughs> All right? He should stop. I, I used this example when I shared this the other day. I was saying if, if I said that in South Africa... The truck is supposed to stop, and if they don't, then my story is invalid. But I'm trying to just get a point across to you. In everything that you and I do, we represent something. And that officer represents something of authority, hence why the truck can stop. And that's just one of many, many examples. So today, Taylor decides to make me go get lunch by myself. And uh, I went to... <laughs> and uh, I went to this, that, that pizza place over here. I walked. And I felt like a college student walking in the streets, really not sure where I was going. But I knew I wanted food, so the stomach just said that way. And uh, I got to Flippin' Pizza. I mean, that's just such a crazy name, Flippin' Pizza. Like, for us, we go, oh, flip when something's not good. And now you got Flippin' Pizza. And um, I, I was very hungry. And when we talk about large pizza, it's like, like a normal large pizza, like what um, Pizza Hut or Domino's has, like those. And so I, I told the girl behind the counter, I want a large pizza. Oh, my goodness. The next thing I get one of those, those massive things. And uh, when she said the price, I didn't really click. Now it's even more expensive for me because our rand, we work in rand, is it's not very good. And I, and I get this pizza, and now I'm sitting there with this humongous pizza in front of me, and I'm like... Oh, Lord Jesus, what am I going to do? I ate half of it. It was quite an impressive thing. But every single person, thank you, every single person who walked in that restaurant stopped and, like, stared at me and then walked on. And I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's a big pizza. And so for them, I represent this glut and this person who's really into such big pizza. So that's just to start us off as we get started with this. One day, there was a little boy named David. And uh, David decides to go to his dad and say, Dad, I, can I please, please use your truck this weekend? i, I got to go to a party. And his dad looks at him and says, you know what, son? I'll give you three conditions. Then you can use the truck. He says, number one, you need to get your math grade up. I'm like, you, yeah, see him prophesy. No. <laughs> All right. Secondly, you need to get your hair cut. 
because I don't like the way you do your hair. You need to cut your hair. I'm, stop it, man. You're interrupting me. All right? And thirdly, you need to begin reading your... Maybe this is for him. You need to begin reading your Bible more. And after a couple of weeks, David decides he's going to run back to his dad and say, Dad, Dad, can I, can I take the truck? And his dad looks at him and says, Well, son, you know what? I'm actually very, very impressed with you. You know what? Your math grade is looking better. Not where it should be, but it's better. Your hair is looking much better. But you haven't really been reading the word that much lately. And uh, so David pauses and he looks at his dad and says, oh, no, wait, sorry, guys, I said it wrong. This is what happens when I haven't said it for a while. His dad says, you're, you've been reading your Bible, that's good. Your math is good. But you still haven't had your hair cut. So David looks at his dad and says, but you know, Dad, when I was reading the scripture like he told me to, Moses didn't cut his hair. Everyone didn't cut their hair. Even Jesus didn't cut his hair. So his dad looks at him and says, yeah, and they walked everywhere they went. Yeah. How much do you and I represent God? And that's, that's the main point I want to get at. And if we read scripture, we read throughout scripture about people who represented either authority, either you know, they were disciples of God or they represented the power of God. But obviously our best example is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ represented his father the best any of us can ever do. And so if we look at Hebrews 1, verse chapter 3, I think they're going to throw that on the screen. Hebrews 1, verse 3. And I'm reading from the NIV version. There we go. And it says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. And so as we use that scripture as our basis this evening, I want us to look at two main points. And the first point we're going to be looking at this evening is enjoying God. Enjoying God, hence loving God. To enjoy God means to take delight. Do you guys know what the word enjoy means? It's very easy to say, go have fun, enjoy, enjoy your evening or whatever. But enjoy means to take delight and to take pleasure in something. So if I say enjoy God, I'm saying delight in God and take pleasure in who God is. And enjoy also means to benefit from. If you go and do something that you normally like, what do you do? You benefit from it because you had a good time and it, it was fulfilling. So if I say enjoy God, what's going to happen? You should be benefiting from God. Are you guys still with me? Look at your friend quickly and say benefit from God. As we were saying earlier about one of those main things about young adults is seeing young people rise up and young people take their place in the kingdom of God and having this fire. Who, who would like more fire inside of them? Fire. There's a fire, fire. All right. And, and you know, there's, there's, there's a call I believe God is busy saying, would, you, would we as young people be able to stand up and let that fire burn? And you and I need to make a decision and say, God, I want my fire to keep on burning. And Jesus, when he was on earth, he had a fire that was burning inside of him. And he kept it burning, even though he knew he was going to die. And so what amazes me is Jesus was able to, you know, he was able to carry out his mission on earth, which was to come and reconcile us. He came to forgive our sins, but he, more than that, he came to set us right. He came to give us a relationship with his father. And the main, what's, what amazes me with this, while he's fulfilling this mission, yet knowing uh, that he's going to die a brutal death, not just dead, he was going to die a very, very rough death. He was able to carry out that mission with an attitude of joy. And when I, when I think about that, it's, he, he despised the shame. It says in Hebrews 23 verse 2, for those of you who aren't taking notes, 
For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And when I, when I read that scripture, it's Hebrews 23 verse 2. And when I read that again, it, just, it amazes me how much God, how much Jesus Christ could carry on loving us, carry on trying to set us right with his Father, yet knowing that he was about to be betrayed and beaten like we, none of us will ever be able to imagine. And he did it with such a great attitude. How often when you go through something is your attitude full of joy? No, I think you guys are agreeing with me because there's silence. All right? Enjoying God means loving God. And uh, when I was preparing this word, this is something that I, I've, I've been sharing with our young adults back at home about representing God. And what amazes me, if we read in Genesis, what are one of the first things we read? We read that we've been made in God's image. Think about that quickly. If we've been made in God's image, do you not agree with me that that means we represent God? So basically I could end the word just like that because if it says we've been made in God's image, we represent God by default. By default, whether we are believers or not believers, even non-Christians outside, they're supposed to be representing God because they were still made in God's image. God didn't like when they decided not to be Christians say, okay, I'm taking my image out of you. God didn't do that. And the truth is you and I will always represent that which we take interest in. We will represent that which we take interest in. And, and I'm just taken back by this point the whole time. Because we've been made in his image, we immediately represent God. Immediately. Whether we have a deep relationship with God or not, whether we are just getting to know God or not, you represent him. You represent him. How well do you represent God? And I want to throw that question out quite a lot because I want you to think about it because I don't want you to leave here this evening, oh, great, thanks for the word. You know, and you go home and carry on doing life the way you do life. And, and this has been something that has been pressing on my heart for months, even at the end of last year, for months. And God's been saying to me, Tim, in all that you do, are you representing me well? It convicts me. Christ, Christ came to set us free, and he came to represent that love of the Father. He was the represent, representation of his Father's love. And so the next question is, are you a represent, representation of the Father's love? So check how cool this is. If we look in John chapter, now my tab, okay, John chapter 19, verse 30. This is where Jesus is on the cross. And what, what are some of the last words that he says before he dies? Anybody know? Okay, that one, there was something else. There's a few things. It is finished. So he, there on the cross, basically before he dies, he says, it is finished. Who knows what the Greek word for it is finished is? Who have you ever do a bit of study to the Greek or whatever? All right. I, I did my theology degree. Oh my goodness. Thank the Lord I'm done with that. That was, that was crazy. But it teaches you to do a different study. And if you look at what the Greek word for it is finished is, it means teleo. Okay, that's the Greek word. I might not be saying it right because right, I'm not Greek. But it means to bring to an end. It is accomplished. It is finished. It is complete. And the Greeks use this word even in accounting. I don't like accounting either. It seems like I don't like a lot of stuff. All right, But the Greeks use this word teleo with the accounting um, when they were talking about something being paid in full. So here Jesus on the cross said teleo, meaning I have paid you in full. And that is why Jesus was able to go and sit down at the right hand of his father, as we've already read. 
Because we just read in one of the previous verses that he went and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Let me, let me give you a bit of a backdrop. Makes it a bit more understandable. If we go and read in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 11, it says, And every priest stands ministering, okay, stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Why were these priests never able to sit? The scripture says they stood daily ministering. They were never able to sit because that word teleo meant it was finished. So if they sat down, if they sat down, it meant they were finished. Are you, are you guys with me? Yes. And so when I, when I was doing a study on this, I realized Jesus was able to go and sit down at the right hand of the Father because he paid something in full and he did it once and for all. And the priest, and I mean, you think about the world today, there are many false prophets, there are many pastors who, you know, talk about whatever they want to talk about. They can't do what Jesus did because they are never going to finish. Me as a pastor, I'm never going to be able to finish preaching the good news of Jesus Christ because it's not finished. And so when I, when I read that, that just blew my mind because he has a God who enjoys me as his son. He enjoys you as his son and as his daughter. Can you enjoy God so much more? Yes, great. The three of you, I pray for the rest of you. All right. We've got it. I, I get such, actually, I get so excited inside of my spirit because I believe I need to enjoy God so much more. Because God is, God is already standing there just, and that's why I love worshiping because something happens when you worship. Why? You're busy giving honor to God. And that's only a fraction of what we can give God. I once had this thought after walking out of a, a service after worshiping, and I was actually chatting with my brother at the time, and we were like, you're worshiping, and yet we are so small, but, and God is so big, but yet he just loves it when we worship him. And that, that made me change my thinking when it comes to worship, because I need to come to a place of just God no matter what is happening in my life currently or what may happen or what did happen, I just need to enjoy my God so much more because he's crying out for us to enjoy him. And if we can just realize that we are reassured of his goodness. I mean, we read that throughout scripture. I mean, we say, what was that last song? His promises are yes and amen. And when we're singing that song, I was like, sure, that's just in line with what I'm going to share on this evening because God's promises are always yes. God's promises are always the best for you, irrespective of what your current circumstances look like. I mean, I can share so many stories from my own life where it looked like all hell was breaking loose. I mean, last year, just in our young adults, we had a, we had a whole issue break out. And it was one of the roughest years for me because I was targeted and targeted and targeted. And, and it, it wasn't fun. And in, in, the, in the middle of it all, it feels like I just want to give up. Would you, would you agree with me? In, in the challenge at the moment, you feel, I can't do this. And then afterwards, when you threw it, you look back and you're like, ah, oh, it wasn't that bad. Been there? Many times. But how about we come to a place of just saying, you know what, if I could enjoy God more, we wouldn't have to worry. I, I have my own philosophy. I just say, love Jesus more, worry less. I'm not saying ignore reality and ignore what's actually happening around you. But come to a place, because if you can enjoy God more, you won't have to worry. You can go and get that, my. If we read Ephesians, you don't have to worry about that handsome guy walking over there. See, all of you are getting distracted. And I think he's, he's married. Yeah, so he's taken, so leave him as well. All right. If we look at, okay, some of you, it's even when I did that illustration a while back, people get distracted by that thing. But let's quickly read he, uh, Ephesians chapter 2 and 4 to 7. 
It says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, everyone say great love, love. with which he loved us, even when we're dead in our trespass, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places. Heavenly places. So my, my illustration over here is, Lord, please let me not fall. All right. I want you to picture this with me this evening. What am, I, what am I trying to show you this evening? I'm trying to show you that I'm seated in heavenly places. And also I'm prophesying because, you know, heaven, heaven is all around us. But the scripture we just said, what did, it, what did it say? We are seated in heavenly places. It doesn't say you were seated or you're going to be seated. It says you are. You are seated in heavenly places. What does it mean if you're seated in heavenly places? Anybody? i got a smile. It's taking a photo of me. All right. <laughs> Anybody know? Being seated in heavenly places means God gives you a better perspective on things. Anybody know what perspective means? Hey, y'all, remember I shared on this last two years ago at Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe. I went on outreach with them when they came to South Africa. Okay, now I'm getting distracted. But perspective, perspective is seeing something differently than the way we see it. Perspect, a godly perspective is seeing something the way God sees it. Because God, God doesn't see things as they're going to be. He sees them as they are. And that's why if we read scripture, Moses, if when, like if we read Exodus, Moses was able to see something differently than everybody else. He had a different perspective. And I just want to find where I am again, sorry. So God, it says actually in Psalms 103 verse 7, 103 verse 7, it says, He, God, made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. So, Here, Moses, God told Moses his ways, and the people only saw it. Why? He was in a different position because he had a different perspective to receive something. And I I strongly believe that God is calling us to change our perspective so that we can begin seeing stuff the way God sees stuff. And if we can see stuff the way God sees stuff, would you agree with me we could begin enjoying God so much more? I just, I, I love that scripture. I get taken back in that scripture the whole time because if we've been seated in heavenly places, if we've been made in God's image, why do you and I worry so much about the nonsense that goes around us all the time? Because if I'm sitting over here, up here, and I've got to climb up again. If I'm sitting over here, I don't see the stuff that's busy happening around me on this world, in this earth, in our countries, in America. Why? Because I've, I've moved up. I've moved back to that position where God has called me to take a seat in. And I can begin seeing stuff. God is, God is saying, here is something, and you can see it, and you can take it if you would just get to that position that I've called you to be in. And that's coming back to that relationship with him. It's coming back to finding your identity and who Christ is. Because I believe, you know, we're going to always have stuff that happens in our lives. Always. We're always going to face maybe some insecurities. Anybody else face insecurities? Anybody else face difficulty in identity? We, we go through those moments. One moment you're so strong, and the next thing someone says something to you that wasn't very nice. And we, and we let it get to us. But why? <laughs> why, 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 must we, why must we do that? So if, if you may be someone who's been battling with insecurities or identity or facing a challenge, maybe financially or maybe in a relationship or whatever, 
I can encourage you today because God enjoys you and he's calling you to take your seat. And if by the end of the word this evening, if you forget anything, just remember this, that you are seated with God. You're basically in heavenly places already with God. And I mean, we hear so many pastors and we read in Revelations how great heaven's going to be one day, everything. But why are we not enjoying heaven right now? I was at a conference last week in Texas, and the theme of it was heaven invading earth. Heaven and earth collide. And scripture says that heaven and earth collide, but it's about earth coming to a place and us saying, God, take over my heart. The opposite. So the Bible says perspective means understanding, it means wisdom, and it means discernment. Those are some pretty good words. Who wants more wisdom? Who wants to be able to discern things? Who wants to be able to understand things? Whether it's God and the word or understanding uh, your spouse that you may not understand or spouse going to be. All right, I'm prophesying for some of you. Some of you are like, I'm receiving, I'm receiving. I know Yara is definitely one who's like, I receive it, brother. And... Uh, <laughs> See, I know you are. She's, she's like, yeah, I receive that word right now, God. I receive it. But if we think about what, what is the opposite? I'm picking on you, Yare. I think there's more than Yare in this place. There's more people who are praying for that. But if we think, what is the, what is the opposite? What is the opposite of wisdom, discernment, and understanding? Foolishness, a blindness, you're not seeing things, a hardness of heart, a dullness. Who wants any of those things? So... If, if God's perspective is something that we should be getting, you and I should be desiring more of God's wisdom. Because the state of the world currently is in a dullness. It's all about the popularity, how many likes you get on Instagram or your Facebook followers. Now some of you are like, okay, now you're getting too real. <laughs> but it's reality. If you look at the world today, all across, whether it's America, whether it's South Africa, it's all about my image that I have here on earth with people. And it's not about, can someone just see where I'm sitting with God and desire where I'm sitting with God for their own lives? Who, who of you like it when you get a lot of likes on your Instagram post? Come, tell the truth. If you're lying right now, God sees you. All right? And there's nothing wrong with that social media. I normally, I normally tell my young adults and, and our youth group back home, if you're busy playing on your phone and not taking notes in church, I pray it blows up. And if the person next to you is not playing, I pray they don't get hurt as well. But perspective, perspective is understanding why God said something and why he did it. And if we read his word, God has spoken so many promises over us. He's calling a young generation to rise up and to take their place. And if we could just understand God's perspective for our lives and understand that God enjoys us and he loves us, we've got it all together. And so my second point this evening is enjoying people. Enjoying people, loving God's people. You are valuable to him. And listen to this. His love is the one thing that will never change. His, lo his love is the one thing that will never change. So sometimes we have people who are kind of moody with us and their emotions just do this. One moment they like you, you're the best friend, and the next moment... I see some of you busy bumping your neighbors, all right? But think about this. Whether that is happening to you in your life or not, it's happened to all of us. I mean, earlier I mentioned a little bit about the young adults challenge back at home with our group. Many of them had an issue towards me because I'm a, I'm a young pastor doing this. Three quarters of my group is older than I am. I don't really care because God has called me to do it. And they had an issue with me 
And I had to realize, you know what? God has called me to this. God's love for me hasn't changed. They might not like me, but I want to do what God wants me to do. And what I love is you don't have to be a pastor to be used by God. I don't like it when people say, oh, but I'm not a pastor. No. We, we are called to share God's love and God's goodness with other people. Look at your neighbor quickly and say, share God's love. People, would you agree with me that people are a priority to God? People are a priority to God. And if people are important to God, they should be important to us. If people are important to God, they should be important to us. Who of you like rejoicing when people rejoice? <laughs> right? Who of you? So you guys enjoy, you enjoy it when somebody succeeds in something. Who of you like it when someone falls and goes, yay? Nobody. We should be people that really, really are just so supportive of one another and say, he did such a great job. I am going to support him and I'm going to rejoice in his success. If I see somebody else uh, not doing too well, they've broken, they've gone through a hard time. What should I be doing? I should be there for them. I should encourage them. That's what sharing words of encouragement is about. And, and for me, that's actually how simple life is. Just love God and love his people. How about this? Is there somebody in your life that you don't like? Uh, you can say yes, okay. All right, hopefully they're not sitting here as well. But we all have those people that, you know, they kind of grind us a bit, uh, maybe because they correct you or they just are full of nonsense or, or whatever it is, all right? <laughs> Stop pointing fingers, <laughs> all right? Think of it like this. Why don't we just love them? Because I, I, I've come to a place of realizing, I don't like that person. And I realize, and I just hear God saying, but I love you. And I realize, I, I make a lot of mistakes. I beat myself up too much. And that's something I need to realize. Stop beating yourself up because God loves you and his mercy is on you every day. And so I heard one of our leaders back home say this once. You know that person you don't like? That very person you don't necessarily like could also be in heaven one day. And then when you're walking in heaven one day and you see them, are you going to be like, yeah, <laughs> and you're going to do that. And you're going to make an illegal U-turn in heaven. And, and when I thought about that, I was like, God, you are convicting me right now. Because why, why should I be in heaven then if that's my attitude towards God's people who he loves and he enjoys so much? Look at your neighbor quickly and say, God enjoys you so much. So let's get a little bit more practical. The way, the way in which you handle relationships. The way in which you handle relationships can either give a positive or a negative representation of who God is. Because if God loves us all, and you're not loving the person next to you, or you don't necessarily like somebody, or you've got an issue against them, or you've been holding a fence against them, and you call yourself a Christian... You know what, I feel like I'm, I'm busy preaching to myself and you just happen to be here for my sermon. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is real. This is so real to me because I, like my brother, I've got two younger brothers. The one is, he got a swimming scholarship in New Jersey, so part of my trip I got to go and visit him. And uh, my middle brother is a law student. And law students are argumentative they they are they are solid in what they want and what they're going to get and he makes it known at home and we we kind of grind so this holiday 
when he came home, we were, we were grinding. And I actually preached this topic in our church that Sunday, and he was sitting there, and I humbled myself, and I went and stood in front of him. And I said, church, who of you think, Sam and I, my brother's name Sam, who of you think that we grind one another? And like the whole church put up their hands. I was actually nearly offended. And I was like, and uh, my parents were like the noisiest. They were like, yeah, and I'm just keep quiet over there. And I said, but who, who of you know that I love him? Luckily, more of the church went up. And, and I, I said to the church, think of it like this. If I'm not talking well to my brother, if I'm not respecting him or speaking kind words into his life, I am giving a wrong representation of our family. And my parents are the senior pastors of a big church. But more than my current family, I'm giving an incorrect representation of who God is. Because if I say I'm God's child, the way I speak to whether it's a family member or a friend or a complete stranger, or the way I act around them, or the way I th- what I think towards them, I represent God. I represent God. Look at your neighbor quickly and say, Phew, truth bombs. <laughs> How can you represent God better? Am I, am I speaking to you guys? Is it making sense? How can you represent? I'm speaking to you, David. All right. How can you represent God, God better? You may not know this, but your life continually represents, represents God on this earth. But you have the potential to represent him well. You may not know this, but your life continually represents God on this earth. But you have the potential to represent him well. It is a choice that you've got to make. So I want to just give us some practical points quickly. How can we represent God better? Firstly, in your community. In your community. Your family, your family dynamic has the power to influence an entire community for the glory of God. And family is not just talking about your, your blood-related family. Family could be your church. Family could be your friends that you hang out with. Your speech. Scripture says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Blessings and curses. Choose blessings. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's so much nicer. Agreed? The way you treat a stranger... I wrote this down. When we love total strangers, we express the nature of God by showing love with no strings attached. Because you're not wanting something in return. In your home, God's kingdom is reflected. Godly parents, godly children. If your parents aren't godly, you have an opportunity to influence them. Through your marriage, for those of you who are married and for those of you who want to be married one day, that's even me, amen. All right. Okay, for those of you, let's just say this. Your marriage has the ability. Oh, we've got to talk about stuff like this as young people, agreed? It's actually, you know what? For young adults, for young adults, relationships is one of the topics they're like, yeah, I want to talk about that tonight. Do you guys do that? I know my young adults, they're like, we're going to talk about relationships. They're like, please set me up, pastor. And I'm just like, not tonight. All right. But relationships is real. Relationships are so real. And, and a marriage, for those of you who want to get married, listen to this. Your marriage, one day, or if not now, has the ability to transform the lives of others and represent holiness on this earth. In your job, 
think many of you have got a job, either it's part-time or full-time. In your job, God can use your workplace, your place of influence, to manifest his presence. Take God, take God with you to work and watch him work through you for generational impact. It's not about age. It's not about age. You can be the youngest person in your workplace and you can have the most influence if your heart is after God. I love scripture in Timothy. I wonder why I like that book. All right. But it says that no one looked down on you because you are young. And that's one of the scriptures I felt God calling me into ministries. But it says, be an example. And that's what it means to represent God. Be an example. In your schools, why shy down for the truth? In service and outreach, in making a difference, we are called to be God's hands and feet. Go in an outreach. Be more than a Sunday churchgoer or a crux night churchgoer. Politically, let's not go too deep into that. All right, but we, we represent God in how we engage politically, whether it's America, whether it's South Africa. I mean, we, we've got it way worse than you guys did. Literally, I'm being serious. But that's a topic I was told not to go into by the Holy Spirit. All right. When you lead, for those of you in leadership positions, and leadership doesn't mean you have to be leading in a church. It could be family that you're leading or the workplace that you're leading. Leadership is impossible unless the person is properly submitted under authority. If God positions you as a leader, it is expectant that you represent him well by being a good steward of that leadership. When you follow, who of you are followers? We should all put up our hand. We're all followers. You're following Jesus, aren't you? Because if you didn't, you can come right now and I will lead you to him. All right? But when you follow, submitting represents God's nature here on earth. In your giving, a generous heart represents a grateful heart. Many, many, many people get stuck about this church thing because they want our money. It's not because they want it. It's because God said so. Truth. (laughs) God wants it. Got to honor God in your giving. And the last point, you represent God. You represent this church. You represent Crux. So you come to Crux. You hear a great word. You worship. You get encouraged, and you walk around that corner outside, and you know what you do. If you do something that you shouldn't be doing, we represent the church. We represent this church. And more importantly, we represent the body of Christ, which is the church, which is the corporate church. And that, for me, is, is something that we've been really, really sharing about a lot at Young Adults. I didn't realize that I was actually building up to a great sermon on it. But every night in Young Adults, we were just talking about, yeah, guys, we represent God. And before I knew it, God was busy building a great word for us to realize we represent God in all we do, in absolutely everything that we do. Listen to this. Ordering your out-of-church life to match what your church life should be like. Ordering your out-of-church life to match what your church life should be like. If we are not careful in all we are, in all we say, in all we do, in all we think, we will give an inaccurate representation of who God is. And that's the reality, and we're not going to be able to get away from it. So if my thoughts are not where they should be, if I'm continually judging people, if I'm having impure thoughts or whatever it is, I'm giving a very, very bad image of who my God is. Because then I come and I stand before you and I preach, and then on the sideline, I'm doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. And this is something that has got really real to me in everything. 
my actions, my behavior, if I get upset with my dad for correcting me, which is going to happen because I work for him. If my attitude is bad towards him, I'm not busy representing God very well. I'm not saying suck it up and get over it and just act like nothing happened. Take it, learn from it, and represent God well. Can we put that scripture on the screen, please? 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19. 2 Corinthians 5, 19-20. And I'm going to read it in the, the message version. It says, Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong before. As you know, we certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the, with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, and new life begins. Oh, that, I don't know, that's a big word. Who put that in there? Okay, but it means begin. All right? Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him. My notes are too small. I'm going to read the screen. Where am I? And then called us to settle our relationships with one another. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. I think there's more. Is there more? Was that it? No, there is more. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right before them, between them. Um, we're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He is already a friend with you. And when I read the scripture, the message version is normally like this louder one, and it just changes the words a lot. And, and I want to encourage you, go and read the scripture sometime tonight again. That's, that scripture there basically cover, covers everything I've basically shared on this evening. Drop the differences. Love people. Love God. You represent God. And what I love there when it started, it says, I just want to read the beginning. It says, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We looked at the Messiah that way once before. And, and that is just so profound because when Jesus was on earth, they looked at his outward appearance they just looked at what he was doing and being like, how can he do that? How can he call himself this and that? And they made one of the biggest mistakes they could ever make. Why must we make the same mistake today? Because today we represent Jesus Christ on this earth. And if you and I as, as young believers, people who are passionate about God, people who want to see things begin happening in this nation, in this world, you and I need to realize we represent God. Look at your friend quickly and say, you represent God. I'm coming in for a landing. God, God is continually faithful towards you and I. Are there times where you feel that you are unfaithful to God? I know that I can be. And I've realized God, God has told me, and I believe he's telling some of us tonight, you may at times be unfaithful to me, but I will never, never stop being faithful to you. So in all you do, in all you think, in all you say, in all that you watch on television, in all that you listen to, in all your behaviors, in all your attitudes, in all you look at, in all your relationships, in all you post on social media, in all that you like on social media, remember that you represent God. I can chuckle about it because I know God's speaking to me again. It's like, oh. In all you do, in all you think, 
in all you look at, in all you listen to, in all you say, in all you do, in your attitudes and behaviors, in your relationships, your social media, you represent God. You represent God. You represent the Father. You represent the God we serve. You represent our Maker. We represent being seated in heavenly places with God. We represent the cross. And we represent our faith. And the best way for you and I to represent God better is to run after him. That was the first word of my title, running after God. And what that means, it says in Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, Seek me and you will find me. God is not hiding from us. He's calling us to chase after him because he's already there to say, come, I enjoy you the way that you are. And so my, my encouragement to all of us this evening is never stop running after God. <coughs> never stop representing God well. You have an opportunity to say, God, I'm going to represent you. So why don't you, where you're sitting, actually, if I could ask you to stand to your feet. You just close your eyes where you are, and once you just, just for take a moment or so, just to think about the word I've shared. And I, I trust there is something that the Lord has spoken to you specifically about, even if you're going to walk out of here with just one nugget this evening. Time in our lives, as you just you can just keep your eyes closed. Moments of our lives go by very fast. I mean, before we know it, the first month of 2018 is done. And before we know it, we'll be in 2019. But I want to I be a person that makes every moment count in my life. But more important than that, in every moment in my life, I want to represent God well. And there's going to be times where I'm going to fall, I'm going to fail, I might mess up. But the good news is, God still enjoys you. God is still enjoying you, and he's loving you so much to a point where he says, just get up and just enjoy me more. And if you and I can realize that we've been made in God's image, it should just put the fear of God back inside of us. Because I know I need God. I need a breakthrough in my life. I need to begin fearing God so much more. I need to begin realizing more and more that I've been made in God's image. And if I can realize that, life will be so much more enjoyable. Relationships will be so much more enjoyable. I know for some of you, you may be tired and uh, wondering what's actually going on, but I, I, don't want to, I don't want you to waste an opportunity this evening. If we can just wait a little longer on the Lord. And I just want to begin sharing some words for people again that the Lord has been dropping on my, in my spirit. When the guys were busy practicing worship rehearsal earlier, I just really felt the Lord to sing. I heard that song rain down. And what I felt the Lord saying is that he wants to begin raining down on a crux. He wants to begin raining down on this group like never before. And I just felt the Lord say to me, pray for a fresh outpouring because I am so passionate about God using us 
about God just coming and having, we just having a new encounter with God, a, a Holy Spirit encounter with God where God's fire would begin to fall. Things in your life, you'll begin seeing breakthrough. You'll start seeing change. You will start seeing miracles happen, signs, wonders, and miracles. Because I believe that if you and I would pick up our faith, pick up our trust in God, we'll begin seeing things happen. And I, I don't know you guys from a bar of soap. I don't know you guys at all. But I still believe the same God that I love and I serve in Africa is the same God that you love and serve here. And our God is so good that he wants to do a great thing in your life. And so I want to encourage us, just begin where you are. Just begin thanking God. Begin speaking God's promises and God's goodness in your life. If there's problems, begin speaking it to God and saying, God, I give this to you in this relationship, in this crisis, in my financial need, in my physical healing that I need in my body or a family member or a friend I know of. I receive that, God, because you are so good and God is busy falling in this place. Why don't you just put out your hands in front of you? Father, I thank you so much right now that you are here, you are speaking to us, and you are real. And Father, I thank you that we can just enjoy our Father because of his tremendous, never-failing love that he has for each and every one of us. And I just hear the Lord saying again, I know you by name. I know you by name. You are my child. And irrespective of what's going to come your way or what's been your way, that doesn't matter. Because I love you. And if the word that I've spoken this evening has, has challenged you and has spoken to your spirit, I would be honored to lead you in a prayer this evening, just a, a general prayer of repentance. And at the same time, just make a commitment and say, God, I want to represent you all. And if that has spoken to you in any way, you can just pray after me. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus tonight, I thank you tonight I thank you that you will always love me. You are always there for me, and you're always faithful. Thank you that I've been made in your image, and I can represent you well. Father, would you forgive me for any time in my life where I've not represented you well? I thank you that you're a good God who forgives us and yet loves us so much that he wants us to succeed. And tonight, Jesus, I declare and I make a commitment that I will represent you well in everything that I do, in every part of me. I will strive to give a good representation of who my Father is. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you so much for your children that you love so dearly. And God, I thank you that we can, we can come to a place like this and we can just enjoy you, Jesus. And from that, we can just enjoy one another. And Father, I thank you that above anything else, you love us and you know us. And Father, you know the condition of everybody's hearts here. And I pray that you would just, you would just be there for them in their time of need, in their time of joy, that as they even leave this place this evening, God, that they would just have an overwhelming sense of your presence. An overwhelming sense of your presence. Father, it's not a thing when we're just walking to the sanctuary where we just feel your presence, Father. It's a continual thing that we'll feel your presence.
Lord, we give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, and everybody says. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church. You pour out your spirit in the midst of a dry and thirsty land. You can't